Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. I'm Steve Z. Let's get started. Good morning, everybody. It is January 29th, the final Friday in January 2021. One twelfth of this year almost in the books. And as I said, it is Friday. There's our little Friday theme song montage. Thank you to the bands. It is again the final Friday, the final weekday in January of 2021. We're slowly but surely counting down the days of Joe Biden in the White House. Unfortunately, if he stays in office, we've got a lot more days to count. Now, before I get into today's program in earnest... Let me play a little legalese for you, just to cover my butt. You are listening to the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. This program contains something called truth, which is sorely lacking on many other opinion-based programs. The opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended. However, we retract nothing. This program provides a dose of common sense. Again, something that is sorely lacking in today's society. Please feel free to disagree, but do so in your own private safe space, away from anyone else who will see your disagreement as stupidity. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend, co-worker, relative or even a complete stranger. You might be seen as a hero for opening their eyes and ears to the truth. But beware, all is not rosy and wonderful, because sometimes, whether you like it or not, the truth hurts. Here's your host, Steve Z. Oh, come on, Alfred, you said a dose of the truth. That means it's kind of medical. Now I've got to do this. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yet here we are, making claims that this product is a panacea, a cure-all, and the end-all be-all of science and medical miracles. And here you are, believing all this crap. Just send us some money, so we can send you some sugar pills, snake oil, and a big old box of nothing. Thank you. Sorry folks, just having a little bit of fun on your Friday. The weekend is upon us, folks, and for many of you in the north, it's a cold weekend. But for many of us down here in the south, especially in Bayou Country, it looks like we're going to warm up into the 70s over the weekend. And no chance of rain in the forecast? I can smell a crawfish, crab, and shrimp boil coming. I, as you well know, love a gropey Joe Biden gaff more than anyone on the planet. Now, the one I heard yesterday, actually now, two days ago, didn't get a chance to play it on yesterday's program, this one takes the cake. If what gropey Joe Biden says in the following clip is true, using his math, using his numbers, which I told you last year, the man is no good with numbers. But if these numbers are true, there are going to be... Well, let's just say a few acupuncture lovers and pincushions walking around. Take a listen to your president, gropey, dopey, mopey Joe Biden, as his brain continues to disintegrate right before our very eyes. He's talking about the COVID-19 plan that he has put into place, how he is going to increase the number of doses available. Of course, he's doing nothing. He's simply taking Donald Trump's plan and running with it, but he wants to double or at least increase by 50% the number of vaccines available. And he wants you to believe it's his idea when in fact it's just the simple ramping up of a process of manufacturing vaccines that was put into place by Donald Trump. But take a listen to this. It's fantastic. Not in hand yet, but ordered. We expect these additional 200 million doses to be delivered this summer. And some of it will come as early, begin to come in early summer, but by the, mid, by the midsummer that this vaccine will be there. 
and the order and, and, and that increases the total vaccine order in the United States by 50% from 400 million order to 600 million. This is enough vaccine to fully vaccinate 300 Americans 300. by end of the summer, the beginning of the, of the fall. But we want to make, look, that's, I want to repeat, it'll be enough to fully vaccinate 300 Americans to beat this. 300 Americans. So he is increasing the order, not what he has on hand. He's just increasing the order. And so that's supposed to be a plan. But he's increasing the order from 400 million to 600 million doses. And that will be enough vaccine, Gropey Joe said, to vaccinate fully 300 Americans. Not 300,000, not 3 million, not 300 million, but 300 Americans. So, if you take the average American man at 170 pounds and the average American woman at 140 pounds and you line them up equally according to the demographic makeup of our country, that would be, what, 300 men, 300 women, roughly? And then you take 600 million doses of the vaccine and you inject those 300 Americans there's not going to be much room left on their bodies. Their skin will be completely filled with needles. 300 Americans are going to receive 600 million doses. Oh, Steve, you're just picking on him. The man has a speech impediment. He used to st 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 stutter. Well, guess what? That's not my poop 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 problem. You are supposed to be the president of the United States of America. And there you were, stuttering and stammering, even though I believe you had a teleprompter in front of you. You could not even read what was being written for you to read. And you are terrible with numbers. Terrible, terrible with numbers. And this is Joe Biden, folks. He's the same man who told us all in America when Donald Trump signed a few executive orders during his four years this man, gropey, mopey, sleepy, creepy, little girl, gropey Joe Biden, stood on camera and told America that you cannot legislate by executive action. That is Congress's job to make laws and to put processes and programs into place using the legislature as designed by the Constitution. And yet... Mopey, dopey, little girl gropey, Beijing Joe Biden has already signed well over 40 executive orders in his first two and a half weeks as your president. He has signed executive orders and sidestepped and bypassed Congress on multiple issues just because he didn't like the executive orders passed by Donald Trump. Yes, boys and girls, it was just a year ago that gropey Joe Biden was complaining and bitching and pissing and whining and moaning. He said, quote, you can't legislate by an executive order unless you're a dictator. Of course, he said that way, way, way back in his political career in 2020. Well, fast forward to 2021. He's got a fresh box of U.S. government skillcraft ballpoint pans. And he has signed, again, over 40 executive orders in just over two weeks as your new president. You see, what's good for the goose is never good for the gander when it comes to Democrats. They think they are righteous in all things that they do. And so it's okay for them to violate even their own promises. To violate their own Rules and Regulations. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Now, I've spoken to you in the past also about how we all firmly know for a fact that there were massive irregularities at the very least in the 2020 presidential election. And there was definitely some out-and-out out fraud in the 2020 presidential election. And I mentioned this briefly on yesterday's program, but I'll mention it again. A judge in Virginia 
has ruled that Virginia's late election law changes, those last-minute changes to their law, which allowed all of those mail-in ballots without postage, without postmark, without signatures, everything that was just allowed at the last minute, the big voter dump, the magic vote ferry drop, were indeed illegal. Michael Lee wrote in the Washington Examiner yesterday, quote, a Virginia Circuit Court judge ruled that the state's last-minute changes to their election law, allowing mail-in ballots to arrive late or without a postmark, were indeed illegal. The Public Interest Legal Foundation president, J. Christian Adams, said, quote, This is a big win for the rule of law. He represented Frederick County's electoral board member Thomas Reed in the case and said, This consent decree gives Mr. Reed everything he requested. A permanent ban on accepting ballots without postmarks after Election Day, and it's a loss for the Virginia bureaucrats who said ballots could come in without these protections. The case was over a Virginia Board of Elections rule issued back in August that allowed mail-in ballots without a postmark to be received up to three days after the November election. In other words, the magic vote ferry dump of hundreds of thousands of votes, straight-line votes for Mr. Biden. The new Virginia Board of Elections rule notified county election boards that any ballots, quote, received by the general registrar's office by noon on the third day after the election, but does not have a postmark or the postmark is missing or illegible, unquote, should not be rendered invalid. The elections board decided a week later that those ballots should be counted. A lawsuit was filed against the Board of Elections in October on behalf of Mr. Reed, who said that he could not enforce the new rules because those rules were a violation of state law. In fact, Virginia law says, quote, any absentee ballot returned to the general registrar after the closing of the polls on election day, but before noon on the third day after the election and postmarked on or before the date of the election shall be counted, unquote. The opposing side argued that the language of the law clearly mandates a postmark, which made that new rule unlawful. The court agreed with Reed's argument, granting preliminary injunction that prevented the state from accepting or counting ballots that did not have a postmark. This latest ruling reinforces the earlier injunction, assuring that Virginia will not be able to make similar changes to future elections in the state without adequate changes in the current law. In other words, you can't just make up the rules as you go along, state of Virginia. There are things in place to prevent that type of stuff from occurring. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Changing gears for just a moment, former Democrat Congresswoman and presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard said on Tuesday that the former CIA Director John Brennan, Congressman Adam Schiff, and Silicon Valley tech monopolies are a bigger threat to America than the very few so-called rioters that stormed the Capitol on January 6th. In her Twitter feed, Tulsi Gabbard writes, the mob who stormed the Capitol to try to stop Congress from carrying out its constitutional responsibilities were behaving like domestic enemies of our country. But let us be clear, the John Brennans, Adam Schiff's, and the oligarchs in big tech who are trying to undermine our constitutionally protected rights and turn our country into a police state with KGB-style surveillance are also domestic enemies and much more powerful and therefore dangerous than the mob which stormed the Capitol. She also tweeted, President Biden, I call upon you and all of Congress from both parties to denounce efforts by Brennan and others to take away our civil liberties endowed to us by our Creator and guaranteed in our Constitution. If you don't stand up to them now, then our country will be in great peril. Very well written. I'm not a big fan of Democrats. Gabbard was not defending the people that stormed the Capitol. What she was saying was that a bunch of widely condemned incompetents breaking into Congress and taking selfies while they scattered papers on the ground and milled about is a hell of a lot smaller of a threat 
been a government-slash-tech oligarchy-run police state advocated by powerful people like Brennan and Schiff. Just look at where things have gone in just the few weeks since mopey, dopey, sleepy, creepy Joe Biden has become the president. U.S. military troops are being kept and quartered in Washington, D.C., mainly for a photo op, for optics, to make you feel like the country is in peril from so-called white supremacist, far-right fringe and neo-Nazi groups. But they don't send those National Guard troops to places where real anarchy, riots, looting, property damage, assault and battery, attacks on cops, attacks on federal installations are occurring. You know, places like Seattle, Portland, Kenosha, Wisconsin, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Louisville, St. Louis, and other Democrat-run cities. Nope, the media is still turning a blind eye to that type of insurrection. They would rather make you believe that Donald Trump incited the violence on January 6th and basically, according to them, pushed hundreds of thousands of people into the Capitol building to threaten the lives of senators, congressmen, and the vice president. Of course, none of that is true. 150 or so people, some of which now have been proven to be Antifa and BLM supporters, did something wrong. They did something violent. They broke a few windows. Many of them were let in by Capitol Police, just let right on into the Capitol. We have video of that. They turned over a few chairs. They scattered some papers on the floor and they took selfies. Oh, they took selfies. And they've been arrested and they will be brought to justice. Whether they be Democrat or Republican should not matter. Of course, we know the Democrat ones will all be let off quietly. Don't say anything, but we're going to let you go. But the Republicans, the conservatives, the real pro-Trump supporters that were in those groups, they're going to be held responsible. Troops are being kept in Washington, D.C., mainly for the purpose of optics. Liberals are calling for more and more and more surveillance and for targeting Trump supporters any way they can. And big tech companies who widely supported the Democrats, the socialist and progressive movements, big tech companies purge and seemingly coordinate moves to destroy any competition they may have in an illegal fashion by blocking Parler and other apps that President Trump said he would switch to instead of liberal Twitter. Now the question is not whether they're going to try and label you a threat and take your rights away. It's when and it's how much of it they will be able to get away with. Tulsi Gabbard realizes this and is speaking out. More people Republicans and Democrats should be joining her because in a sense, what you are seeing right now in America is an attempt to justify and codify what happened in the 2016 election, but for the whole population. Back then, they targeted the Trump campaign. Barack Hussein Obama's people openly and covertly spied on the Trump campaign, and they got away with it. Now, in 2021, they want to target Trump supporters and all persons with conservative viewpoints. The cancel culture is already underway. They're already putting their phony, fake fact-checker notification on anything pro-Trump in social media because someone may have not used a comma in the right place. The Oxford comma, of course. Or maybe they forgot to hyphenate someone's last name. So then they make you believe the entire story is false. Someone may have said that something happened at 7 a.m. when it actually happened at 7.02. So the fake book fact checkers out there will label the entire story false because someone used a generalized term that something occurred at 7 a.m. when it actually happened at 7.02. The action still occurred the deed still happened. It's just that the writer generalized the time 
instead of specifically pointing to 702. That's just an example, folks. Now, when they continue targeting conservatives, Trump supporters, Republicans, you might end up not being able to get a job or use a bank because you supported Trump and you have been labeled as evil. Maybe you won't be able to get a security clearance to work for the government because you're a conservative. Hell, if they can get away with this kind of thing, and they already are, they would implement it tomorrow. Tulsi Gabbard is sounding a warning and more prominent voices should be joining her. And maybe your voice should be joining her too. Contact your representative, whether it be a Republican or a Democrat, and express your frustration and maybe issue a little warning that if they don't listen to we, the people, then we, the people, will float a candidate to go up against them in 2022. I can only hope and pray that the American people wake up and see what is happening. The erosion of your freedom, the tearing down of your liberty, the destruction of your rights. Oh sure, if you were a AA 13% hyphenated American and you felt like your civil rights were being violated or you were being denied your rights under the U.S. Constitution, all you have to do is go out there raise a fist in the air and scream BM, I'm sorry, BLM, or Antifa, or NFAC. But if you're a white conservative Christian, you're straight, and you have an opinion, you are automatically now labeled a white supremacist with white privilege, and your voice should not be heard. That is the opinion of the left at this point in history. And it's a damn shame. What can you do, right? Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. One thing notably missing from your television and radio dial this year will be the State of the Union Address. Now, it's not because the media is trying to keep you from seeing just how screwed up the country is. Traditionally, during an inauguration year, there is no State of the Union address. However, the new president usually briefs Congress after his first 30 days or so in office, but it's not considered a State of the Union address. Such a shame. We'll have to wait until next year to see if there's a Republican with the balls enough to tear up his copy of the State of the Union address before the eyes of the American people and then watch the media as they apply a double standard and call such an action unconscionable when nasty Nancy Pelosi did it less than a year ago today during Donald Trump's State of the Union address on February 4th, 2020. You might recall that. During that State of the Union address, Donald Trump addressed the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019 which had just, a few days before, seen its first case arrive in the United States. President Donald Trump acted immediately and decisively, and he stopped all travel from China, the country of origin of the Kung flu, the China flu, the Chinese dispersed COVID-19 virus. But Steve, you're not supposed to say China virus anymore. You can't say China virus. President Biden issued an executive order saying you can't say China virus anymore. China virus, China virus, China virus, China virus, China virus. Kung Fu Wuhan flu, Kung flu, China flu. This is a free country, people. I'm on my time right now. I'm not on Joe Biden's time right now. The origin of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019 was Wuhan China. That's a fact. That doesn't mean if you see a person from China or any Asian person in America that you have to go out and assault them verbally or physically. There's no justification for that and no one's doing it. 
I know lots and lots of people in the Vietnamese and Korean and Chinese communities in New Orleans, and not one of them has ever told me, hey, I'm getting bullied and picked on because I'm Asian and people are saying China flu and they're attacking me because they think I brought it over here. I've been in this country since 1975 and I've... I've never brought a virus here with me. <laughs> they just don't say it because it's not happening. It's another made-up fantasy of the left, of the Democrats, of the victim state groups. Everybody's a victim. Man, a double A 13 percent hyphenated American minority crowd is a victim. 155, 165 years after slavery was abolished, they still think that they are victims. And they's all Democrats. The gays, the queers, the homosexuals, the transgenders, the non-binary gender benders, they're victims. They're victims. Oh my God, I'm a victim. And they vote Democrat. The unions, especially the teachers' unions, who all band together, now they too are victims. Those snot-nosed little nose miners, those children are coming into the schools and they might be bringing their coronavirus into the schools. And I'm a tenured teacher and I've been doing this for 35 years and I don't need little Timmy or little Billy bringing the China flu. <gasps> the Wuhan China novel car. <gasps> the COVID into my classroom and possibly infecting me. I am a protected union teacher, and therefore I should never have to teach again. I am a victim. I should get to work from home. And I think the school system should provide me with a camera and a microphone and speakers and a nice room addition to my house so that I can teach virtually from my house. Hey teachers, be careful what you wish for, because I can see at some point the federal government doing something really, really bad that might hurt you teachers in your unions. This meeting of the National Amalgamated Teacher Worker Instructed Team, or NIT-WIT, and the Union of Generalized Labor and Organized Classroom Instructors has come to order. Is there any new business? Yes. Margaret Letitia Jackson Washington, 12-year teacher at Metropolis School. I heard that Joe Biden have proposed a new thing that's going to take away our jobs and our benefits and replace the teachers with a program on a video over the internet or on the TV. Is that true? Well, Miss Jackson Washington, there has been some movement in the Biden administration to implement a national indoctrination program, excuse me, instruction program to be operated by the Public Broadcasting Service in conjunction with the Department of Education that will standardize the instructional school day for all of our youths in America. Uh oh, what was that word? Uh, what word? Did you say youths? What is a youth? Oh, excuse me, Your Honor. Youths. So what you be saying is that all us teachers is going to be replaced with just one teacher in some TV screen? Well, technically it won't be on a television screen, Miss Jackson Washington. It will be on a computer screen. Say what? Yes, the overall plan is to develop a progressive-leaning instructional methodology and program process to be directed towards students who will be required to log on each day for a set number of hours where our cameras can keep an eye on them and their surroundings especially in their domiciles, where they will be indoctrinated and uh, uh, instructed in curriculum developed by the Educational Department of the United States government. They will be tested on the material throughout the school day. So we all gonna be out of a job? Well, technically, <laughs> as John Kerry said, you can get a job in another field, like clean energy or electric cars, or building the infrastructure of electric car charging stations along the interstate highways. But I went into teaching so I could work a six-hour day and have two weeks off at the Winter Stosis holiday. What, what holiday? The Winter Stosis holiday. You mean Christmas? Shh. We was instructed to never call it Christmas ever since Obama was president, remember? And, and, and we got our spring break also. 
You mean Easter? Shh, I ain't supposed to talk about no religion. It's the spring break. And we also get 11 weeks off during the summer break, and that's why I went into teaching. So now you want us to just change jobs and go to work? It is part of the master plan, the Great Reset, the New World Order that you voted for. I didn't vote for that. Yes, yes, Miss Washington, you did. You voted Democrat. It's Miss Jackson, Washington. Whatever. Next speaker, please. Yes, teachers, other union workers, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. All of those union workers on the Keystone XL pipeline who are now out of work, all of those construction trades that have now been told, it's okay, you've done this job for 20 years, maybe it's time you move into something else. We'll develop a job along the interstate where you can have a construction job building a charging station. Or if you're an oil field worker, maybe you might be intelligent enough for us to retrain you in something else in the electric field. Yes, buyer's remorse is becoming more and more and more evident each and every day of the new mopey, dopey, little girl, gropey, sleepy, creepy, stuttering, stumbling, mumbling, fumbling, stammering Joe Biden administration. Isn't it just poetic justice? This is the Truth Hurts program. <laughs> Whew, we'll be right back. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. According to Politico, an article written today by Melanie Zanona and Sarah Ferris, once again, two people to write one article? Maybe I need to go back into journalism. Let somebody else do all the work and I just put my name on it and get paid. Okay. According to Politico, some House lawmakers are privately refusing to work with each other. Others are afraid to be in the same room. Victim mentality. Two members almost got into a fist fight on the floor of the House, and the Speaker, Nasty Nancy Pelosi, is warning that the enemy is within. Hey, forget about Joe Biden's call for unity. Members of Congress could not be further divided. Just weeks into the 117th Congress, the bedrock of relationships hasn't been on such shaky ground in more than a generation with a sense of distrust and betrayal that lawmakers worry will linger for years. You think? Those strains could carry long-term effects on an institution where relationships and reputations matter more than anything else. This is real tension, said Democrat Representative Pramila Jayapol, who was among the roughly two dozen Democrats who barricaded themselves into the chamber during the January 6th so-called riots and later ended up contracting the Kung Flu, the Wuhan China novel coronavirus, you know, the China virus, after spending hours in a safe room with Republicans who refused to wear masks. The article forgets to tell you that not one of those Republicans tested positive for COVID-19. Not one. She said, I don't know if it is repairable. That is certainly a massive chasm that exists right now between a large majority of the Republican caucus and all of us Democrats across the ideological spectrum. I don't know if she really talks like that, but with a name like Pramila Jayapal, I would imagine that's probably how she speaks. Oh, Steve, you're such a racist bigot. No, I'm really not. I just have to differentiate the voices that I use so that you're not confused as to whether it is I, your host, who is speaking, or whether I am paraphrasing or quoting someone out of a news article. The friction is particularly intense in the House of Representatives, where two-thirds of the GOP conference voted to overturn the election hours after lawmakers were attacked by a mob that demanded that same action. The position of those 139 members is now supposedly threatening to upend decades of relationships in the House, forcing longtime colleagues to work through their raw emotions and palpable anger in the weeks following the attack. 
Dan Kildee, a Democrat from Michigan, said, I've really been struggling with it. He was also in the chamber when the rioters breached or were let in to the building. He said, I have a hard time interacting with those members right now, especially with those I had a closer relationship with. I'm not going to deny the reality that I look at them differently now. They're smaller people to me now. Well, aren't you a prejudiced son of a bitch? But if a Republican were to say he looked at Democrats as smaller people now, then wouldn't that be a call for censuring? Wouldn't that be a call for Republicans, those mean-spirited bullies, to resign from office because they are saying they're simply looking at people on the other side of the aisle as smaller people to them? The double standard, of course, is alive and well. Back to the article. Multiple Democrats say they are privately mulling whether to sever ties completely with those Republicans as their caucus weighs potential forms of punishment, particularly for those still unnamed members who House Speaker Nasty Nancy Pelosi said gave aid and comfort to the insurrectionists. Hmm. You guys let him into the building, clown. Some Democrats, particularly moderates, argue that their party has no choice but to move on. Smart comment. Several say they've privately taken their GOP colleagues to task for the decertification vote, confronting them about their position in private calls, or by delivering half-joking, expletive-filled rants in the hallways, insisting that they're still willing to partner on bills. I'm going to stop for just a moment here. In 2000, way, way back in 2000, it was the Democrats who all band together in the joint session of Congress to try and decertify the vote that put George W. Bush into the White House. Have you forgotten that, Democrats? Is 2000 so far back in history that you've forgotten it? Or is your revisionist history lessons of removing Confederate statues clouding your memories? Or how about in 2016, when Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump and House Democrats and Senate Democrats voted to decertify the Electoral College votes in some states because they did not agree and they thought there was Russia, Russia, Russia collusion, which we've all proven never occurred. Is your memory that bad? Have you guys taken a cue from the Gropey Joe senility school? You've forgotten what happened in 2016 when your party was trying to decertify the election? It wasn't called insurrection then. You guys got on TV and said it was your constitutional duty to question what you thought was Russian interference in the election process. But now that it's done to you by the Republicans, you want to call it insurrection. Victim, victim, victim. Representative Tom Cole, a Republican from Oklahoma who opposed certifying the election, said he still stands by his position, though he did consider changing it after rioters stormed the Capitol with him and his staff inside. Cole said he was inside his office on the first floor of the building where rioters pounded on the door and called out his name. Hang on, let me see. Normal day at the office. I'm just here. and Tom Cole! Tom Cole! Holy crap! I must be a victim now! I must run and change my entire ideology because someone, unidentified someone, who I don't know whether is a Republican or a Democrat, is outside my door! Tom Cole! Tom Cole! Cole said, it was a tough call. I went back and forth on whether or not I should do it. Do it meaning decide to vote for or against the Electoral College. But the sentiment in my district was very strong, meaning he did what his constituents wanted him to do. Newsflash, Mr. Cole. 
when you were voted into office by an overwhelming majority of voters who voted you in because you were a Republican and a supporter of Donald Trump and the Republican Party and the conservative mindset, that's why you were hired. That's why you were put into Congress. Don't be a martyr. Don't think you're a martyr because you want to pander now to a media under a Biden regime saying, I thought about it, but my constituents would never have voted me back in. But I thought about it. Do I get a gold star for that? Back to the article. Many Democrats say they remain livid at those 139 Republicans who had the audacity, the unmitigated gall, to try and decertify the rigged election that put gropey, dopey, mopey, stuttering, stammering, sleepy, creepy Joe Biden into the White House. Many Democrats say they remain livid at those 139 Republicans. They say it's tougher to move on amid an ongoing security threat that continues to target members. Now, they're making that claim, but I have yet to see one ounce, one second of audio or video where any ongoing security threats have targeted any members of Congress. Not like when Sheila Jackson Lee or Maxine Waters called for people to go out and openly attack Republicans at restaurants and when they're shopping and tell them they ain't bees welcome here. Party leaders have also stepped up security inside the chamber itself, widely seen as an acknowledgement that some GOP members could be threats. Really? Really? You guys have never gone on a Democrat-fueled rage and started screaming and threatening? Hmm. I'll have to dig up the videos of the times you did. Those tensions didn't just materialize on January 6th. Representative Barbara Lee, a Democrat from California, said she had been expecting some kind of flare-up after observing the rise in the far right for years. On the day of the vote, Lee, who had to escape the Capitol on September 11, 2001, in high heels, she decided to just go ahead on and wear some tennis shoes that day, January 6th. Ms. Lee, who sits on the House Appropriations Panel, supposedly a longtime bastion of bipartisanship, where 14 out of 26 Republicans voted to reject the results of the Electoral College, she said, I have been thinking about it. I haven't talked to any of them about it because I am just furious. You can't compartmentalize because you know that this is real. I don't know if they believe it's real. I don't know if they understand that Donald Trump, he opened Pandora box. We needs to do something, she said. She adds that the behavior cannot go unpunished because she believes more violence could be ahead. Hey, Ms. Lee, have you ever looked at what is going on in Portland, Oregon? Have you ever looked at what is going on in Seattle, Washington, where Democrats, where BLMs, where Antifas, where NFACs be burning down federal courthouses and police station and overturning police cars? Have you ever looked that way? No. Rodney Davis is a Republican from Illinois who has called for an independent September 11th style commission to probe the mob attack. He did not vote to overturn the election. He said, it's sad we're not more unified to ensure we protect the institution. According to the article in Politico, hours after the riots, as lawmakers resumed the election certification process, several lawmakers nearly came to blows at two in the morning on the House floor. Representative Andy Harris was furious that Democrats accused him of being a liar. Representative Colin Allred was among those to intervene, shouting on the floor, 
Are you serious, man? Haven't you had enough violence for today? Dusty Johnson is a Republican representative of South Dakota. He's a member of the Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus. He did vote to certify Biden's election, and he said the episode was jarring to witness and shows how tempers remain high. The immediate aftermath of the January 6th event has in some ways complicated efforts towards bipartisanship, he said. I'm hopeful that some of the anger and irritation will fade because clearly, if we're going to get things done for this country, it's going to require Democrats and Republicans working together. This article goes on and on. I'm not going to continue. But basically, this article was written to say that it's all Republicans' fault and all the Democrats are wonderful people. But there's one more interesting piece to this article that I really must share with you. It says, Democrats counter that they can't simply move on when they say Republicans fueled Trump's dangerous lies about the election putting their lives at risk. And those House Democrats have made some inflammatory statements of their own, like House Democratic Caucus Chairman Hakeem Jeffries, who called House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy, quote, an organized crime underboss, unquote. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Horseface-Cortez, who regularly supposedly faces a barrage of threats against her, Although no one has ever played one moment of video or audio where these threats, these horrible threats have supposedly happened. Well, Cortez dismissed GOP Senator Ted Cruz of Texas in a tweet after he signaled that the two of them could work together on a congressional probe into the GameStop recent stock trading issue. Ocasio-Cortez wrote, I'm happy to work with Republicans on this issue where there's common ground, but you almost had me murdered three weeks ago, so you can sit this one out. Talking to Cruz. You think Republicans almost had you murdered? Ms. Cortez, not one single solitary member of Congress was touched, was harmed in any way, shape, fashion, or form. Some people broke into your building. Some were let in by your Capitol Police. Some of them were BLM. Some of them were Antifa. Some of them were NFAC. There may have been a few very radicalized Trump supporters in there as well. They turned over some filing cabinets. They shuffled some papers around on the floor. They took selfies for God's sake. No one was attacked except the murder of Ashley Babbitt by a Capitol Police officer. These are the facts, Ms. Cortez. Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed woman, someone you should be championing an investigation into, was murdered in cold blood by a panicky Capitol cop who murdered an unarmed woman on the floor of the House of Representatives in the U.S. Capitol murdered her in cold blood, an unarmed female. But you want to lie and play the victim? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you are a clown. You are not worth the paper to write your name on. The last paragraph in this particular article in Politico says of Representative Cole, do you think in the history of the Republic there's been more difficult times? Yeah citing civil unrest around the Vietnam War era and the assassinations of some national leaders in the 1960s, there is no comparison. This little skirmish by some wacky people turning papers around, throwing them on the floor in the Capitol building on January 6th. Cole added, it is pretty raw. Speaking, of course, of the tensions between Republicans who simply want to preserve the Constitution and Democrats who want to rip it up like Nancy Pelosi did to her copy of the State of the Union address less than one short year ago. This is the Truth Hurts program. We'll be right back. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. I want to propose a little scenario to you. 
If today the government mandated that you have to eat a hamburger from a fast food chain every day at 12 noon for the rest of your life, every day, that is what you will eat because the government tells you so. Would you want that hamburger to be from McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, In-N-Out, Five Guys, Burgersmith, or Checkers slash Rallies? Well, it doesn't matter what you want, because in the scenarios surrounding another issue that bears similarity, you have no choice of which hamburger you are forced to eat every day at 12 noon for the rest of your life. The government will select the restaurant that you will be forced to use. This is not a true scenario, of course. The government is not mandating that you eat a hamburger every day. But they will be mandating that you get a coronavirus vaccine. But Steve, I don't understand. What's the, um, what's the correlation here between hamburgers and coronavirus vaccines? Well, it's pretty simple. When you line up to get the COVID vaccine, you have no idea whether you're receiving a Pfizer vaccine or a Moderna vaccine. And pretty soon after Johnson & Johnson's is approved, they'll throw a third one into the mix, and then a fourth, and a fifth, and a sixth. And you will have no say in which vaccine goes into your arm. None whatsoever. When the government tells you, you will line up on Friday, Mr. Z, and you will take the coronavirus vaccine as a condition of remaining a citizen of this nation, you don't know what the hell they're sticking in your arm because there's no one going to tell you which version of the vaccine you are injecting into your bloodstream. Isn't there something a little screwy about that? At a recent vaccination drive in Los Angeles, California, a man in line said, before you stick me with that, I'd like to know which vaccine I'm receiving. The medical care worker who was holding the needle mere inches away from the man's arm said, you don't need to worry about that. This is the vaccine and we're going to give it to you. The man said, no thanks. He rolled up his window and he left. It is said that security personnel photographed the man and his vehicle and license plate before he left the facility. Does that not concern you, worry you, or at least make you wonder? I mean, it's bad enough that there are traffic cameras on every intersection that can zoom in on your face, and your license plate, and who's in the car with you. And that every retail store in the country and every public building has cameras from almost every angle watching everything you do and microphones listening to every word you say. That doesn't worry you. And now you line up for a free coronavirus vaccine from the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019 and when you decide to leave because they won't give you very critical vital and important information as to which vaccine you are being given you decide yeah better leave that should worry the hell out of you in the UK merry old England the Novavax COVID-19 vaccine has been said to be highly effective with 89% efficacy. The U.S. biotech firm has produced an interim assessment of its phase three trial in the United Kingdom. I was reading an article in Market Watch that was posted this morning and it says the Novavax vaccine is effective. Now I'm seriously hoping that's what I was injected with. The person who wrote the article says, what a relief. The Novavax COVID-19 vaccine is highly effective and it shows 89% effective against the disease. And the writer of this article said he volunteered last year for the phase three trial of the Novavax China flu vaccine. He writes, so it looks like I made a good choice, except that it wasn't a choice. And there's more than a 50% chance that I was not even injected with the vaccine, he says. It's the UK's National Health Service that assigned him 
to the Novavax trial back in October when he received his first shot at, well, could have been another vaccine being tested in the UK, or it could have been a placebo. But he thinks he either got Novavax, AstraZeneca, or Johnson & Johnson's version. He says he may have been shot with a saline solution, the placebo, a neutral substance. Because, you know, clinical trials do require a comparison between a sample of the population that is being vaccinated with the product and a sample who has not. Now let's not focus on the glass half full scenario, he says. Another vaccine has proved effective, which should be good news to everyone. The caveat is that it is not great against the dreaded South African variant of the disease, where it is proven to be less than 50% effective. But the trials go on. More data will pour in. But the Novavax has already started to work on an enhanced version of its vaccine, which is more effective. Now, this article's writer says, Vaccinated or not, I still feel like a cheerleader of the small Maryland-based company Novavax where they have never put a vaccine on the market before. And in the current context of threatening vaccine wars in Europe, notably between the UK and the European Union, the foreseeable addition of more production capacities point to the end of the current silly conflicts expected over the next few months. So you see, it's not just here in the US, folks. People are not given a choice as to which vaccine brand they will receive, which will, of course, at some point lead to questions of victim, victim, victim. I can see the scenario playing out now. If you are a non-Caucasian minority and received the XYZ version of the China flu vaccine and you developed the China flu or experienced any of the other 200 plus side effects of that brand, if you feel you were given that brand because of your minority status, you might be entitled to compensation. White people were given the more effective ABC brand of the vaccine and experienced little to no side effects, but you got the XYZ and now you are suffering the consequences. If you feel that you are a victim, call the Kung Flu Vaccine Hotline at 1-800-KUNG-FLU. That's 1-800-KUNG-FLU. Operators are standing by. I am a nonsensical non-attorney spokesman, or er, er, spokesperson. Yes, the conspiracy theories abound in relation to the Kung Fu Wuhan China flu vaccine. Those on the extreme far right think that Big Brother is watching you through nanobots being inserted in the vaccine and that they're going to sterilize all conservatives. Liberals on the far, far left side of the equation think that this was a Trump-manufactured vaccine and that it's designed to get rid of queers and gays and black people. I'm telling you folks, it's probably, honestly, just a vaccine and it's supposed to help with the Kung Flu. I'm not against the vaccine by any stretch, but I want to make damn sure it's been proven to be effective and that the side effects are not going to end up being worse than the disease it's supposed to prevent. I'm just holding out a little while to see what the long-term effects of the Kung Flu vaccine actually are. I mean, it is amazing that we managed to develop a vaccine in less than a year, which has questions of its own built right in. But I also know that years later, odd, strange, deadly, and dangerous side effects have been known to occur. Think about thalidomide in the 1960s. This is the not yet award-winning Truth Hurts program with your non-award-winning host, Steve Z. That's going to do it for today's Friday morning edition of the Truth Hurts program for January 29th, 2021. In life, when all is said and done, usually much more is said than is ever done. Go out there today and make a difference in the world, but make it a positive difference. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Truth Hurts with Steve Z. We look forward to our next visit. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music credits to Jason Shaw and Audionautics. 
This program was produced at Studio 63, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. We'll see you next time. Thank you.